Josh Parr was going to be a jockey from a very tender age. Not only is he the son of a former respected rider in Stephen Parr, but he couldn't keep away from the television set if a live horse race was being screened. Young Josh was initially apprenticed to Gosford trainer Kylie Gavinlock, who after several successful years as a racehorse trainer, slowly established a good business pre-training. And when her racehorse numbers dwindled, Josh's indentures were transferred to Gay Waterhouse, with whom he spent some 20 months before switching to Peter Snowden for the latter part of his apprenticeship. Sydney, right at the moment, boasts a group of brilliant young riders, and one of them is, without a doubt, 31-year-old Josh Parr. Josh is online to talk to me now. Thanks for your time, Josh. It's my pleasure, John. Thanks for having me on. Well, you're you're certainly starting to make your presence felt. You're coming up close to 800 career winners, 70 stakes winners, and three of those beautiful group ones which are so elusive and so hard to get. Yeah, they they certainly are. They are elusive to get, and and I think that's what makes it so special. And and you never see the, the emotion that you see on a jockey, any jockey's face when they've won a group one. It's there's no there's no hiding that uh, that mm. special feeling that they that they're having right at that moment and uh, the the three that I've won I've I've tried to embrace as much as I could and um especially the most recent one on Shoal the surround mm. stakes because I you know as I'm getting further into my career it's um it's obvious how hard it is to win them so mm. I embraced every single moment of that Josh your very first hero not surprisingly was your dad, Steve. And as a kid, you went to the races with him many, many times. Exactly right, John. I, and still is still is a, an idol and someone I look up to. And, and as you said, my hero as a boy. Um, I, I felt very privileged to to be in a situation as a school kid to, to look up to my dad in, in that respect as a, as a sportsman and, and someone who was creating a life and, and, and a life for his family, uh, doing something that I looked at looked at wanting to be one one day. So, yeah. um, very very fond memories of going to races with Dad, and it set me up. He set me up with really good grounding as a kid and then a teenager uh, to to be a successful jockey. Your dad preferred uh, to ride away from the metropolitan area, but I can remember him very very clearly. He rode plenty of winners, Josh. Yeah, he certainly did, John. And uh, early on, probably at a, a, a vital point in his career, he, he had a few nasty injuries, and um, possibly at a time where uh, he was making his way into the into the metropolitan area. Uh, that time away from out of the saddle, sort of, he, he missed that opportunity, and and other riders around the similar time went on and and sort of took those spots, so to speak, and. Yep. And and he and he made his career outside of the metropolitan area, but a, a successful one. And and something I'm I'm proud of now is is hearing how how respected my dad is in the industry, and and it's something I'm very I'm I'm, I'm very aware of, and I and I try and keep that um, the respect for for our last name intact. Your first television racing hero was Damien Oliver. And you told me a lovely story about your impressions of his first Melbourne Cup win on Doremus in 1995. Yeah, exactly. I can't help but smile when you when you mention this. I 
I was in year three at school. It was 1995 when he, when he won on Doremus. And, and at the time, he had this long, flowing hair down to his shoulders. And, well, from <laughs> from that day forward, I spent the next three days, uh, three years with, with hair, <laughs> long, flowing hair down to my shoulders and, and got around with a baseball cap signed by Damien Oliver. And I thought, uh, yeah, I... <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, I thought I was Damien Oliver while I was on my push bike riding down the street, put it that way. Did you ever tell Damien the story? I haven't, you know. And <laughs> it's quite uh it's quite mind blowing when I when he's in Sydney or I'm in Melbourne and, you know, we're sitting within within arm, arm's reach of each other yeah. um at the races and it's yeah, it's quite surreal to be honest. I, yeah, you should I, I do it one day. I'd, I'd love to get his reaction. I think I will. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll do it just for you, John. <laughs> right, mate. Now, Josh, special memories. First ride in a race. My first ride in a race was an incredible moment in my life. It felt like uh, I was only sixteen years of age, so I was a very you know I, I was nowhere, nowhere near mature. I was still a boy, but the excitement that I experienced that day was was electrifying, and uh, I was immediately hooked on the whole race riding uh, mm. career. Uh, a lot of, I, I have to be honest, it, it went very quickly. It was a fourteen hundred meter race at Hawkesbury on Hawkesbury Cup day, mm. and the speed was just mind blowing. I'd ridden in my barrier trials to to get my ticket leading up to that day, mm. but nothing prepared me for the speed. Mm. Of, of a race. Very different to a trial, isn't it? Oh, my word. And and people had mentioned it to me, just how different it, it is. But as I said, nothing prepared me for for the actual uh, reality of the, the speed that they travel at. Well, if that was a thrill, what about the occasion of your first winner? That was a beauty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a real beauty. It was... Uh, a, a, a day that I won't forget. I, I, I remember Dad winning the the last race on the card. I, I rode the first winner. Yep. It was a nine hundred meter maiden at Newcastle uh, on a horse called Pelinor Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was trained by Fred Cowell, and that was a oh, that was a great moment for obvious reasons. You know, the the, the monkey was off the back, so to speak. Yeah, and, and, and I was on my way. One of your early winners uh, that gave you a lot of pleasure was a horse called Frozen Rope. You won two races at Rose Hill on this horse and a couple at Wyong and one at Gosford, but he was owned by some great friends, so it meant a lot to you. Yeah, this, this is a good story. I, I had friends I went to, to school with and then, and then we've grown into adulthood and remained friends and we were actually playing golf golf one day and they mentioned to me they were interested in in getting into a racehorse and, and they had come across uh, a man who was willing to lease out w- willing to lease out a horse to them. Uh, long story short, it turned out to be Frozen Rope and, mm. and he had a really good career and I had so much fun every step of the way riding him uh, in his first barrier trial, his his first race start and then and then winning those races that you just mentioned. I it was so so fulfilling for me. I I, I really I really enjoyed it because I, I could I was so close to the to the boys that owned it and I was really close to the to the I could feel their emotion. I could feel their excitement of course. Uh, each time you won. So I, I I really jumped on board with that um that ride so to speak and 
mm. and enjoyed every moment of it. Falaise was another one of your early favourites, and he gave you a big thrill early in the piece uh, by winning a Group 3, the Newcastle Newmarket. I think you rode him in a Doncaster after that. I did, yeah. His, his win in the Newmarket was very timely for me and my career. It was shortly after I'd made the made the move from Tullock Lodge with Gay Waterhouse to Crown Lodge with Peter Stoden mm. to finish up my apprenticeship. So it was a very timely win, uh, and and it was a it was a really good moment, my first black type winner. And and then as you said, his next start was in the was in the Doncaster, which was my first Group One ride. Mm. And and I mentioned about the speed of my the speed of the first race ride that I rode in. Well, mm. this was a whole new level when we when you get to Group One. Group one handicap conditions are the Doncaster Mile. Mm. It, it's run at hectic speed, and that was a, that was another big eye opener. Round about this time, your role model was certainly the great Darren Beedman. At that stage, one of the best jockeys in the world. Yeah, I, I believe he's he's well, he's arguably arguably the best jockey this country has seen, and and obviously we've seen some very very good ones. But me personally, I, I feel that he's the best rider. I've seen in this country or, or ridden against, and uh, I was in a great situation. I was a I was a young rider making my way through the through the grade through the grades, and uh, and he was there in the jockey's room riding alongside me, riding in races with me. I was competing against him. I was I was taking notes and learning things from Darren Beeman that he wouldn't have even he he would never have even known. I was just watching. How he went about his business, and and obviously how he rode races, that uh, tactically just absolutely brilliant. So mm. it was a, I think it was a really good position for a young rider to be in, uh, with him being around, and and not only him being around, whilst he was at his absolute peak of his career. Mm, he certainly was. He was at the zenith of his great career, around uh, about that time. Now, Josh, the elusive, impossible dream came true. In 2010, when Peter Snowden put you on a horse called Skilled, you won a listed race on him at Rose Hill. You were beaten only a nose by Yosai in the Sires Produce Stakes, and then up you bob in the Group One Champagne Stakes. Yeah, that's right. I, I've got goosebumps. You're just mentioning it. It's uh, what a fantastic day to to win my first Group One race at. This was, John, this was something I'd dreamed of from a very, very young age. Like I'm talking primary school, maybe maybe six or seven years of age. Mm. I, used to, I used to picture myself going past the winning post in a group one winning. I used to think of what I was going to say in the post-race interview. <laughs> I, it was, this was a moment that I, I had lived my whole life for and it didn't let me down either. It was so good. the 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 thrill of the thrill of winning was was fantastic. And you know, I was only speaking to to Mark De Montfort, you know, who's had so much success at Group One level as a jockey. I was just talking to him this morning, actually, John, about that mm. particular day, and and maybe it was just meant to be that race because mm. prior. Prior to that day, the the big races. Obviously, I was I was only young, so the the big moments. I'd get a little bit anxious and a little bit antsy. That particular day was the most calm I'd ever been in my career. Going to a race meeting, mm. and 
I, it just felt right. And, and sure enough, uh, Skilled was good enough to stick his head out and, and win the Champagne Stakes. You had to wait a while for the next group one, though, uh, Josh. It must have seemed an eternity until Gay Waterhouse one day put you on Hampton Court in the Spring Champion Stakes. Uh, did she tell it, you it, at the track uh, during the week? Can you recall the, the moment uh, when you were advised that you'd be riding this horse in a Group 1? Yeah, it was an interesting one because Tim Clark and I were both booked for the race and Gay had two runners in the race and we hadn't been told which one we were going to ride until the morning of acceptances, which was Wednesday. So it, um, I was pleased to, to get the, the call up to ride him because he had just come off the back of a, a really good win uh, the Saturday before with Joe Marrera on board. Mm. So the, the timing was correct for him. And, and the, the race the race looked like it was going to – it looked like it was going to be run to suit. It was a high-pressure 2,000-metre race with a horse that was going to be able to sit off the speed and, and be fit and strong coming off such a, a, a nice, nice strong 1,600-metre win the week before. So that um, – it was a nice booking to get. I was really pleased when I when I found out I was on him. And then the running of the race was was quite remarkable. They they yeah. broke a, a very long standing track work record at Randwick, and, and he came from the tail of the field. He went straight to Melbourne after that, Josh, uh, for the Victoria Derby, and you didn't get the ride on this occasion, which must have been a disappointment. But it has happened to every jockey. It's part of the business, and you've got to cop it on the chin. Exactly right. Yeah, it was very disappointing. I, I'll be I'll be very honest with you there, and uh, it, it took a few days for me to to come to terms with it. But the the decision was made, and and they had and I had to get along get on with it. And and as you said, it, this is this is something that's happening every single day in in our industry with with jockeys, that regardless of whether it's uh, at Group One level or or maiden or Class One level in the bush somewhere. It, um, it is, it is part and parcel of the the sport, and and I have to think too the the amount of times that I've ended up on horses that somebody else could very well have been sacked mm. from. So yep. it um, it was a hard one to swallow because the Victorian Derby is is such a prestigious race, but onwards and upwards from there. Your most recent Group One winner, as you mentioned earlier, was Shoals in the Surround Stakes. What a beautiful filly she is. She She's already won three Group 1s. She ran second in another one. How did you get yourself on this filly? Yeah, she's a remarkable filly and uh, an interesting story, actually. And it's, it's, uh, on, on, the, on, the Monday, on the Monday before the Saturday, I, my manager was in talks with the Friedman Stable and Blake Shin and myself had been booked for shoals in the surround states. Blake Shin had a suspension hanging over his head that he had to uh, win win at the appeals to be able to ride on the Saturday. So, so if he won the appeal, he would have rode shoals in the surround stakes. Mm. Fortunately for me, he didn't win the appeal, and I got to ride shoals in the surround stakes, and and obviously she won. So, uh, a, a funny series of, of events there, but uh, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully for me, I was able to um, to get the ride and, and get the job done on it. Now, Josh, she went for a spell after that. She resumed only a few weeks ago in Adelaide and she was successful first up, I think at Group 1 level, 
It looks like she's back with a bang and it's to be sincerely hoped that one day, somehow, you might get back on her. Yeah, I hope I hope so. She's uh, she's definitely one of the most talented fillies I've I've thrown a leg over, and and her breeding backs that up too. Yes. she's she's impeccably bred. But uh, nice nice to see her back in good form. And and as you said, it it'd, it'd be really good if I did end up on her one again one day. You were bitterly disappointed earlier this year to learn that Minari had sustained a fetlock injury and had to be turned out straight away. You had a lot of fun last spring with Minari. You won the Rosebud, the Run to the Rose, and then finished third to stablemate trapeze artist in the Golden Rose. You're absolutely in love with this bloke, aren't you, Minari? I am. I am. I, I think potentially he is, he is the best horse I've ridden. He he hasn't reached the heights of other horses that I've ridden as, as far as Group 1s and 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 big races, but he's well and truly on his way. Um, he, he has had a couple of setbacks now, so it'll be. I'm, I'm hoping he comes back in in good form. He's a, a well-bred colt uh, from by George Altamonte, who just continually breeds such successful horses and, and stallions too. He, uh, oh my goodness, Johnny, the the couple of the pieces of track work that he has done, and and mm. he's Effort in the under the rose was just remarkable. I, I haven't haven't ridden a horse with a turn of foot like that before. You didn't get to ride Sepoy in a race, but you did ride him a fair bit of track work. What a good horse he was! He won ten from thirteen, three point eight million in prize money, four Group Ones, and he actually ran in races in Dubai and the famous July Cup at York. So he was one hell of a horse. And even though you never got a race ride on him, you tell me beyond a shadow of a doubt he's the best horse you've ever been on. Yeah, he is. And he, he obviously a dom- very dominant two-year-old. And what he did was in the, in the slipper was remarkable. And then he backed it up again as a three-year-old. And the most casual, cool, calm, collected uh, stallion, I think, I've, or a colt at the time, I think I've seen on a race course um, an attitude that was was backed up by remarkable ability. You're not a natural lightweight, and in recent times you've resolved to ride at 56 kilos because you know when you ride at 56, you're right on top of your game. 56 is a good uh, a good weight for me, John. It's uh, I can be really fit. I, I can obviously it's still it's still hard work for me to ride at that weight, but I'm I'm mentally and physically sharp. I'm mm. mentally and physically strong, and I think it uh, it gives me the best it gives me the best chance to to turn up to the races fully prepared and and give it my best shot. There are there are times where where I can ride a little bit lighter, but it's it's just not it's just not manageable to be continuously doing it. And it, um, it, it's a lot much. It's a lot more healthier to do it this way that I'm doing it now. Mm. And and I think, well, I'm positive. I'm getting better results out of my mouth by 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 living this way. Yep. You ride work at Randwick almost exclusively, and you have an association with several trainers who like your work. Randwick's a great place for a jockey to be. There's uh, it. It works really well. Obviously, it's the headquarters and. Uh, the trainers, the quality of trainers at Randwick are, uh, are very good, and you can stand stand out in the middle there, 
in the in the trainer's heart, and you're, you're very valuable. Uh, you're very very available to to any trainer that uh, that needs your service there at the time. So uh, it's very convenient. It's just a really good jockey, a really good place for a jockey to ride out from. It's well documented that your brother-in-law is Tim Clark, who was married to your eldest sister. So it's not hard to guess what the conversation is when you all get together on Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And, uh, Tim, Tim and I are such great friends too, so it, um, it, it makes it really easy. And we, we, we don't live too far from each other, so we're, we're forever going to the races together, to the trials together, and, and often track work too. So it, uh, we've got a very healthy relationship. And as you said, it, is, it certainly is a, uh, it's a hot topic uh, at the at the dinner table, much to <laughs> the dismay of my wife, my sisters, and and my mum, <laughs> who gets sick of hearing about it. <laughs> my word. Yeah. Now, Josh, um, it, as I said, you and Tim Clark are two of a brilliant bunch of young riders in Sydney at the moment. Um, I guess we say this in every generation, every era. But right at the moment, you would not get a stronger band of young riders. The competition out there must be fierce. It really is. I, I, I believe Sydney is as strong as anywhere in the world at this current moment. And such a such a, a range of jockeys that, that are very that are more more than capable of, capable of getting the job done. Um, I think it's actually it's probably really tough for. A, an apprentice or someone that's just coming out of their time at the moment uh, to, to be coming into this coming into this scene because the the talent of jockeys is remarkable. You, you go through the the form fighter this coming Saturday uh, here in Sydney, and and you'd you'd be happy for for any any one of the riders to ride your horse. Yep. Well, as an old saying in any field of endeavour, you get back what you put in. And you're certainly putting plenty in at the moment. On Monday morning at Warwick Farm, you went to the barrier trials and you had 10 rides, one after the other. It was a flat-out morning. It, um, thankfully, it all went nice and smoothly, but uh, it's, it's barrier trials here in, in New South Wales and Sydney have become a big part of, of, our, of our life and, and, and the job. It's, um, it's, a, it's a very important part of... of Creating relationships with trainers, getting a bond with certain horses, and 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 ident- identifying horses that could very well be carnival horses in the future. So it's uh, it's a very important part of the job, as I as I mentioned, but uh, often can be hard work. Are your ambitions the predictable ones: Golden Slipper, Melbourne Cup, Premierships. Any special aspirations? The Golden Slipper is on top of my list, and it has been for a very long time. I often walk into Rose Hill, and they have the Golden Slipper uh, Wall of Fame, and uh, I'm I'm really determined to get my name on that wall. <laughs> That's good. I, it, it's it's my favourite race. I think it's the most exciting seventy seconds in sport. So that's definitely on on the top, and and obviously a Melbourne Cup if it's just the it's the biggest race in this country. So. Um, that'd be, that'd be fantastic, and 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 a race that's making headlines here in New South Wales uh, in recent times is the Everest, and mm. and that um, at the moment that I, I suppose that's just all about the the money side of things because it hasn't it hasn't uh, earned its reputation as a as a time honoured race yet as 
as it's only only had one running, but in time, I'm sure it will. You and your wife, Amanda, are kept pretty busy these days with a two-year-old daughter called Bonnie, and I'll bet she's got Dad around the little finger. <laughs> she most certainly has. There's times I call her Cyclone Bonnie, John. She, uh, <laughs> my goodness, she, <laughs> she leaves her stamp wherever she's been, but uh, she's the most... Uh, Adorable. The, the, yeah, that's right. And the greatest moment of my of my life to date is the day she was born. It's uh, oh, what a what an amazing experience it was, and I and I'll never forget that. And every day's been absolutely glorious since. Was it better than a Group One winner? It is, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but not by much. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Well, Josh, it's been an absolute delight talking to you on our podcast. I thank you very much for your time. And uh, with your help and uh, your support and your consideration, I'm sure I'll be driving you mad in the future. (laughs) I look forward to it, John. It's, It's my pleasure to be able to be interviewed by you. Thank you very much, Josh. Keep up the good work. Yes. 